Welcome back to Experable. I'm your host, Krati Mehra. And in this show, we learn from the success and struggles of people we admire and dive deep into concepts that help us expand the possibilities available to us so we can freely, boldly design the life we desire, discover the depth and breadth of our capabilities, access the wisdom available in the world around us, and even on really bad days, love what we see in the mirror. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello and welcome to the last episode of 2023. And in this episode that marks the conclusion for this year's journey, I would like to share with you some advice, some wisdom that has helped me make some very positive, enduring changes to myself. I have changed because of these learnings and through those changes that happened within me, I was able to change my external reality, my relationships, and my environment. I don't always get my way, but thanks to how I now live my life, how I have been living my life for the past few years, in fact, I always go to bed with a grateful heart, with a lot of peace and contentment, and I always wake up ready and eager to face the day. And considering how chaotic everything is in the world, if you can protect your inner sanctuary, if you can remain grounded and self-focused through it all, I think there's no stopping you from creating, maintaining, and living the life you've always wanted. You can set and achieve impossible goals. You can become someone that you can admire and love. And that's, I believe, is one of my um, better qualities (laughs) or the quality that serves me the most. Uh, It's that I can do that. I can remain grounded even through the most challenging periods of my life. I can maintain my individuality. I remain very aware of what is right and wrong and somehow always find a way to remain true to my guiding values. I don't give up my inner peace and strength, not for anything or anyone, no matter how loud, noisy, disturbing or destructive things get. Uh, And I'm not bragging. (laughs) I think this is just simply happens to be one of my stronger qualities. And the reason that I'm saying all of this is because I want to let you know that what I'm sharing in today's episode, if It's something you want to cultivate within yourself if you want to maintain that inviolable inner space, then this episode can really help you. That is why I shared all of that with you. Um, And it's something I, I really believe that I can help you with. So let's dive in. Okay, number one thing I want to talk about is making decisions. Something we are doing all the time. Uh, But for those of us who have not yet established ourselves fully in the world, and by that, I don't refer to your financial or social status, but to the magnitude of the life you've lived, the experiences you've had. If you've been playing it safe your whole life, or if you're still in that stage where you are exploring yourself, uh, exploring the world, pushing at your limitations, or what you recognize as your limitations, then decision-making can be a bit of a struggle for you, you know, because you've, you've probably stayed in one safe lane and played within those bounds. But when you've done a variety of shit and observed yourself in different circumstances and different capacities, you kind of start knowing yourself. You you start understanding what works for you and what doesn't work for you. And it becomes easier to make decisions, right? But if you're not there yet, and if making decisions continues to be a struggle for you, I want to offer you some advice here. Number one thing, cultivate massive fuck ton of humility within yourself. I've talked a lot about not letting your ego push you around, uh, but that's a whole conversation in itself. But specifically, where making decisions is concerned, I would advise you to have 
a lot of intellectual humility, which means whenever you're making a choice that is going to have far-reaching consequences for you, do two things. Number one, try to dig into your motivations for why you're making the choice you're making and why you're rejecting the other options available. This will help you become aware of the forces that are pushing you and if they are the ones you want guiding your life. The other thing you need to do is to find someone, a person or a resource that can challenge you, that can take a position contrary to yours. So whatever you're planning to do, or maybe it's an ideological struggle that you're facing, which is even more serious because those contribute to our character, the sort of person we become, uh, whatever it is, ideological or not, seek out someone who can challenge you. And again, without letting your ego get in the way, argue for the stance you're taking with this other person. Challenge your choice and try and defend it and see how well you do with that. It is so incredibly important to always Always look at every choice, every action, ideology, interaction from as many perspectives as you can manage. That's the number one thing when it comes to making decisions. A lot of intellectual humility. Always, always challenge yourself and the choices you're making. It's one of the reasons why so many people, despite attending self-improvement workshops, retreats, reading a ton of books, they, they don't see any change in themselves. Because a lot of these people, they gravitate towards resources that confirm what they already believe. So they want positive change, but they keep seeking out what will allow them to feel like they're doing the work while they firmly remain within the bounds of their very deeply established comfort zones. And that's never going to work. So challenge your perspectives, your values, and your passions. Challenge what you love, what you've rejected. Invite scrutiny and criticism. Because what a lot of us don't realize is that we are very, very blind to our blind spots. We are very unaware of the external forces manipulating and maneuvering us that even when we think we are making an independent choice, doing what we think is right, there's always so much that we have not considered, which is why it's important to examine your motivations. It's why you must have someone in your life. Uh, if, if you don't have a person, then perhaps resources like books or podcasts that can challenge you and take a contrary position. Genuinely or not, it doesn't matter. What is important is that you be forced to defend a decision before you act on it. Because again, there is so much that is influencing you. And not all of us have the time to examine childhood issues, our internal narratives, our default setting, etc, etc. So this is the next best thing to ensure that you are not just giving into forces that are not in your favor, right? And also, thanks to social media, it is now crazy easy to find validation. And not just validation, but people who will rally around you and help you passionately defend your choices. Most probably because they're making the same choices. And if you give up the fight and say, oh, maybe there's a better path that can be taken here, they'll be forced to also re-examine their choices. And most people would really rather not do that. So don't let yourself get trapped into something like that. Make sure that your choices are your own and that you are constantly challenging yourself to see what else is out there and what people with more experience think about the choice you're making. The next advice I want to give is that you please keep your life simple. Don't overcomplicate things. Minimize the bullshit as much as you can. You know, we have so much to achieve on a daily basis. All of us have really hectic schedules, but something that unnecessarily complicates life is this tendency to follow these 
online trends, the social media therapy recommendations and practices that are needlessly complicated. And, and they'll always push you towards a choice that's more complicated than any choice has to be. You know, for example, maybe you're facing some challenge in your relationship and you seek, you know, advice on TikTok. What you probably are going to find is some TikToker recommending that instead of just talking to your partner, you observe their behavior and their body language. And if this is happening, then this is what it means. And then you can take this route. But if this is what you observe them doing, then that is what it means. And oh my God, just no, no, none of that. If, and this applies to all scenarios, if there is an easier way to do something, just take that option. <laughs> just talk to your partner. Instead of joining the best Zumba class in the city, just go for a walk. Instead of going on this very specific diet that has these complicated recipes, just incorporate more fruits and veggies into your daily diet. Don't go on a three-day silence retreat that's going to drive you crazy if you've never meditated before. Just do the dishes without distraction. Do them mindfully or just sit and stare at a candle at a lit flame for five minutes. It's a practice that's actually um, recommended a lot in Hindu Vedas. So do that. There is always an easier way to do something. But now we all have this tendency to make our problems so special and so unique that they, of course, deserve a special and unique response. Stop taking yourself so seriously. Just do the most accessible, doable thing and take it from there. You can add layers to it when you're ready. And of course, that can mean different things for different people. I already do yoga every day. So now I'm thinking of practicing some complicated poses. But if you've never done yoga before, just aim at 15 minutes of simple, relaxing, gentle yoga. Start from there. And then, of course, you can build on it. I am so lacking in discipline when it comes to food. There's no way that I can uh, stick to a diet. What I can do, though, is reduce the amount of junk I eat and begin and end my day with fruits or something else that's really healthy. So just stop complicating life. I'm a big believer in minimizing your choices, sticking to your values, open communication, small steps. It just brings this very high degree of ease to your life and, and put your energy and your time into something that actually matters. You know, we're, we've all just gotten into this habit of doing what's Instagrammable and wanting to be really fancy with our solutions because we feel like even when nobody's watching us, somebody's watching us because we're probably going to put what we are doing on Instagram. But that is extremely unhelpful. Fancy does not matter in life. Results do. So just focus on that. And, you know, on this show also, we've had so many amazing therapists, coaches, doctors, um, productivity gurus. And whenever I ask them for the most important advice they would like to give to my audience, the answer is always the same. Do simple little things, but do them on a regular basis and add less to them whenever you feel ready. So don't overcomplicate things. Don't overload your day. Take it easy and do what you can. It's not a checklist. Nobody's watching you. Nobody cares. If you do things in a way that impress others, but ultimately don't create much good in your life, then oh, what a stupid waste of time that has been, <laughs> right? So stop doing that. And also, if you complicate your day so much, you know what you, you miss out on? Observing yourself throughout that day, being mindful of your thoughts, being mindful of your energy. 
And if you can't do that on a daily basis, you have very little growth because a lot of the growth that we have in our external world hinges on the changes we make within ourselves. And for you to make any change within yourself, you have to at least know what kind of person you are, what drains your energy, how you react to different provocations, when you are at your energetic best, and what kind of impact different people, things, and different uh, interactions have on you. This is the kind of information you need to make changes in your life, not that big drastic information that you get when you do something big. No, it's the daily interactions, it's the daily life that informs you of who and what you're becoming and how you need to change for better results. You can only do that if your day has an ease to it. So stop complicating things so much. Allow yourself space to breathe, space to think, space to feel on a regular basis. Now, let's talk about love and relationships, sources of the greatest joy in our life and also great pain and a lot of stress. And again, here, there are a few things I want to say here. The number one thing, and this one is something that massively, massively improved my life and my relationship. And it's something I've talked about before on the show. So I'm sorry if you've heard this advice before, but it's important that I mention it here. So I'm going to share it again. And this advice is, Please don't negotiate for love. You you cannot negotiate love. You cannot force someone to love you how you want to be loved. Everyone loves to their own capacity and in their own way, which is really all that any of us can do, right? So when you go into a relationship with someone, don't go into it with all of your focus on your own expectations and how you're going to play this relationship and what you're going to do for the other person. And then in your head, imagine how this relationship will progress based on that information, based exclusively on your expectations, what you can give, what you cannot give, so on and so forth. That is a very dangerous path. What you should do instead is get to know this other person and how they run their relationships, how they express their love. For example, my idea of love is spending quality time together, forging memories together. My father, on the other hand, has always shown his love through expensive presents. And that was always very hurtful to me (laughs) till I realized that this is how he says, I love you. I notice you. You matter to me. Understanding that was hugely helpful for me. Now, whenever we fight the next day when he offers me money, (laughs) I know it's the best apology I can get. There is nothing else coming from his end and I can either take it or leave it. And because it's my father, of course, I, I, you know, I accept, um, whatever form his apology takes, I accept what he can give me, mostly because I cannot exactly change him for a more emotional, expressive father. And also because he's honestly doing his best. His parents never gave him much of anything because they didn't have much to give. So now he likes to show his love through financial generosity. He's also someone who prioritizes his own needs over everyone else's, which is selfish. But again, despite communicating my issues with this behavior repeatedly and on seeing no change in his behavior, I had to again decide whether I can accept what he can give me and how he is or not. I chose to accept because again, he's my father and he's doing his best. This is really the best he can do. But if this is not good enough for me, I can create distance. I can choose to completely cut off contact or whatever else makes sense to me. But what I cannot do is make his life a total misery by torturing him about how he's letting me down, about how he's failing to meet my expectations and just do that over and over again. I understand him. I know his ways now and I either accept it or I walk away. And it's like that with almost all of your relationships. 
You have to meet people where they are at. My father is stubborn and he's old fashioned. So he doesn't see why he has to change when he's fulfilling his responsibilities. But thankfully, not everybody thinks like that. But even so, we all have our own perspectives and a limit to how much we can give. And if someone doesn't respect that, that relationship will either end quickly or it will become very toxic and difficult to endure. So when you venture into a relationship, you need to get a very good read on the other person, their expectations, their desires, how they express themselves and how much of themselves they're willing to give to the relationship with you and accordingly decide whether you want to proceed or not, which is not to say that at some point the relationship will not change and grow for the better. Of course, it will. It can do that, especially if you have continuous healthy communication and if you're consciously nurturing your bond, you can help the relationship grow and mature into something more enduring and mutually uh, satisfying. But the point is that on this journey, you also have to remain cognizant of the other person's needs as well and not just your own. If you really want someone in your life, sometimes you're going to have to accommodate and adjust to what they're willing to give and ask for no more because otherwise the relationship will become hurtful for you and become claustrophobic almost for the other person. You know, there are these TV shows in India where the female lead actress is always shown as this extremely good, angelic human being capable of forgiving the most unforgivable offenses and then also going back for more and then a hero comes along and falls in love with this woman and marries her and after they're married he's thinking I'm gonna protect her from all of these horrible people who take advantage of her and I'll never let her get hurt again and he tries to do that over and over again but the problem that the audience notices as the story progresses is that nobody's taking advantage of this heroine she's she herself keeps going back to these horrible people who force her to support her needs to serve them, even though they show her no respect and treat her like trash. There's, there's no better way to put it. She does something for these horrible, exploitative people. She helps them. Instead of getting gratitude for it, she gets insulted and humiliated. The hero, again, comes to her rescue, takes her home, and she swears that she'll never let these people take advantage of her again. A few days later, something happens with those horrible people and they make an emotional phone call to her. And what do you know? She goes running back to help them again and she's there for them and the cycle continues. And as this is happening, the hero is starting to get fed up. And now he's blaming the heroine and accusing her of not listening to him or prioritizing him. This is actually the story of what is now the number one show in India, which is not troubling at all. <laughs> anyway, this cycle continues in the show and now, think, think about this for a second. Who is the toxic individual in this whole tragedy? It's not those horrible people who have done nothing to hide their selfishness. They've made it perfectly clear that they will use and abuse the heroine if she lets them. And they will never show her any love or respect for what she's doing for them. So to my understanding, these people are running true to form. What you see is exactly what you get with these people. The toxic one in this narrative is the heroine. Because she's the idiot who refuses to learn from her mistakes. She refuses to have any growth in her life. She makes the same choices over and over again while expecting a different result, which is the classic definition of insanity. And then she cries and falls apart and makes a victim out of herself. Now, she's not the only one who is problematic and toxic here. To a smaller extent, it's the hero as well. He knows exactly what she was like before he married her. She has not changed. 
So why the complaints and the accusations? You get what I'm saying? Now, most human beings, thankfully, are capable of change and positive growth, but a lot of people are really not. And if you find yourself in such a situation, if you find yourself in a relationship with such a person, either accept them as they are or walk away. Anything else will simply disrupt your life and cause you a lot of emotional damage because you, my friend, cannot negotiate or bargain for love. And this leads me to the second thing I want to share here. I don't think there is any such uh, thing as a toxic person. There are no toxic people. There are simply people who don't understand the concept of boundaries. They don't know how to set boundaries. And even if they do manage to set and communicate those boundaries, they fail to enforce them. So there are people who don't quite grasp the concept of boundaries. um, And then there are others who simply exploit that, that weakness. So to sum up my point here, don't negotiate, bargain, and fight for what someone is not willing to give. Understand their needs, limitations, desires, and see if you can meet them where they're at. If you really want to have them in your life, try and communicate your expectations. And if they refuse to change, despite noticing how their behavior is affecting you, then you either make your peace with how things are, learning to meet them again, as I said, where they're at, or you walk away. Anything else is only going to hurt you more. And as I said, there are no toxic people. So you also have to get really good at establishing and enforcing your boundaries, establishing, enforcing, and communicating those boundaries. And to do that, you have to have boundaries with yourself. Boundaries with others are never as important as boundaries with our own self because those are the ones that help us stay safe, stay sane, and create and nurture life in a way that actually serves us. Keeping that in mind, if you have someone toxic in your life, if there is someone you look at and you think to yourself, what a horrible human being, what an exploitative human being, what I would ask you to do for a second is turn your focus onto yourself and assess your own behavior. Have you set clear boundaries? Have you communicated those boundaries? And have you actually enforced those boundaries? Which means that when they're crossed, you don't take it lying down. You initiate a conversation, even if it is uh, more of a confrontation than conversation. You find the courage to do that. You let the other person know that this will not be tolerated. And if they do it again, you actually make them face the consequences. And obviously, all of that will depend on what boundaries have been violated, the nature of your relationship, and also your own capacity. Now, point number four, and here I want to talk about another TV show. This one I absolutely love. And I don't know if you've seen the show. It's, it's an old one. It's ABC's Once Upon a Time. Now, if you've not seen the show, it's a show about magic and all the fairy tales that you've ever read. So in this show, what they're showing is that all of these fairy tales, they're all real. From Snow White to Red Riding Hood, Captain Hook, and they're all real. They're all real people living in this place called Storybrook. I'm not going to go into the whole concept because that would take forever, But to understand my point, I just need to share two things about the show. So obviously, because it's all about fairy tales, uh, there are heroes and there are villains. Clear heroes, clear villains in the show. And the heroes, because they're good people, they do good deeds, regardless of, you know, how massive the challenges that they're facing, regardless of how evil the villain is that they're facing, they will always find a way to do things in a way that is good and that is merciful. And that is that. Their character, the goodness of their character is reflected in their heart, which literally, it, it the heart is red and healthy, right? 
while the villains, on the other hand, have a heart that reflects their character. So the heart is black. It's completely, it, it's black in color, right? And, and you know that because in this show, because it's magical, you can rip out their heart from their chest and they don't die. You know, you can use their heart to control them. They will not die even if their heart is not inside their chest. So you can rip it out. You can see it. Now, what happens in the show is that in this uh, one episode, Snow White and Evil Queen are obviously enemies, right? But Snow White is a hero. Evil Queen is the villain. So Evil Queen is now about to do something that is going to destroy Snow White's family. And Snow White is very scared. She wants to protect her family. She finds out that there is a solution to stop the Evil Queen. But this solution is rather nasty. It will involve doing something truly vile to the Evil Queen. And now in this show, what they, they'll show you repeatedly is that the heroes will always find a way to defeat the villain without abandoning their virtues, their values, without, you know, taking a walk on the dark side. They'll always find a way to do things in a, in a noble way. But Snow White, because she, she gets really desperate in this particular confrontation, she ends up doing that horrible thing to the evil queen and it causes untold pain. Later, in another confrontation, Evil Queen rips out her heart. What you see is that Snow White, who is a hero, her heart has now changed. After she did that vile, disturbing thing, her heart now has a black dot on it. So it's still really red. It still it looks okay, but there is now a black dot on it. I love this analogy, and I've carried it with me because... I think it is truly reflective of life. It is very reflective of how each action that you take in life has the potential to change your character, change who you are at your core. Darkness, bad, tempting choices will always be available. But if you choose to go down this path, you will change with each step forward, with each choice you will, each choice you make on this path, it will not be for you for, for your better. And eventually, at some point, you're going to have to face the consequences of your choices. So in Once Upon a Time, you also get to see that Evil Queen was not always evil. She got her heart broken and she couldn't take that pain. And out of that pain, a lot of rage was born that she couldn't contain. And then she used the pain of that broken heart to justify all the evil deeds that she did once her true love was gone. And that's something else that, in fact, happens in real life. Life challenges us. It hurts us. It refuses to give us what we want. And when the pain gets too much for us to bear, we just give in. We throw in the towel. We start living life in a way that is not in keeping with our values. We stop holding ourselves to a higher standard. But what you don't understand is someday, if you continue down this path, you will someday have to face what and who you've become. And some of us, of course, at that point are able to make our way back to a better place with a lot of hard work, a lot of struggle. But a lot of us don't. We just stay in that darkness. So stop yourself before you take that first step. Learn to tell the difference between right and wrong. And at every step, every single step, hold yourself to a higher standard. And that applies to all areas of your life be it discipline, relationships, wellness. Because the other thing, I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but if you can once successfully justify lying, procrastinating, spending yet another day in bed, 
if you can do it once, if you can justify doing those things to yourself once and you don't have to face the consequences for those things, the next time you do it, it will be easier for you. The next time when, again, you make the same wrong choices, the justification will come easier. It will be less difficult for you to go down that wrong path that you've chosen for yourself. There will be less resistance, perhaps because there is a black dot on your character now and it's beginning to corrupt the good that remains. Dark, I know, but, but my point is, think about what I've shared. It's an interesting idea. Um, and just remember that intentions don't matter, actions do. You must be conscious and careful of every step you take, every decision you make. You owe that to yourself. No matter how hard things get, do what is right. And now that leads me to my next point, my next and final point, which is live your life with a lot of courage. Choose courage at every step of your journey. Be whatever you need to be, but live up to the best version of yourself. Pretend if you must, create personas if you must, struggle and fight, seek help from others, lean on your support system, take it one step at a time, do whatever you must, but always do what is right. Don't compromise your integrity, don't make yourself less of a person, only so life can be a little bit easier. Struggle and fight, do whatever is necessary, but don't take the easy way out. Because whatever is hard won will always be better than whatever, wherever those easy options will take you. And that is a fact. If you've ever read biographies of the people you admire, that story gets repeated over and over again. And even if you just look back onto your own life, you will find that that happens to be true even for you. The biggest and the best triumphs always come after long-ass struggles. You know, I think one person who really embodies this idea is David Goggins. Uh, and there's something that he said on Joe Rogan's show as he was talking about why he pushes himself so hard. He said that someday when he dies, and, and maybe he has lived a life where he has not made the choices that he has made, he made different choices. He took the easy way out and he continued to be who he used to be before he, you know, started making these very difficult choices for himself. Someday he's going to die and when he goes up and meets God... And God is waiting for him and asks him to read what is written on the screen. And it's a description of who David Goggins is. And it's a snapshot of his life. It says, David Goggins, Navy SEAL, motivational speaker, author. And it mentions the records he's broken and all of his achievements, basically. But if David Goggins has not made those choices, he's not that person. So he will then turn to God and say, well, that's not me. I didn't do these things. This is some other David Goggins. And... Then in that moment, God tells him, no, it's not some other David Goggins. It's who you were meant to be. Had you fought harder and not given up on yourself, this would have been your life instead of the life you now have. And if you go read Goggins' story, the life he now lives, the person he has now become, is completely different from what he used to be. Like There is a massive difference. His story is very inspiring, a must-read but my point here is that, yes, life can sometimes really, really kick your ass. It can drown you in unbelievable pain. It can drag you through a field of thorns. And even then, you have to keep fighting because the result will be in your favor. I don't know how long it will take for things to turn around, but you must keep fighting. And the end result will be worth it. And also, if you don't, if you take the easy way out, which can be so tempting to do you'll end up living a life 
that's less than what you deserve. So set high standards for yourself, hold yourself to those standards, pick ambitious goals, let those goals shape your personalities, let your values be your guide. And always, always do what is right, no matter how difficult, make the choices that make you a better person. Remember the black dot on that red heart? Every action counts. It's not the intentions, it's the actions that count. So be very, very mindful of every choice that you're making. And I hope in this coming year, things will break your way. Things will not be so hard. And I, I really hope that you remember this as you go through the next year. And I hope you make it a really, really good one. And you come out of it a better, stronger, more resilient, and hopefully also more successful, happier, healthier person. That is my wish for you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Thank you so much for giving so much of your time to this show. I truly, truly appreciate you. I am immensely grateful. And if you have feedback for me, please do share. Help me do better in 2024. Help me make this show everything you need it to be. So if you have feedback, please do share. And if you go into the episode description, you'll find a bunch of resources that will help you have more success in the coming year. Thank you so much. I will be back very soon with another episode. Till then, you take care of yourself. Happy New Year. Well, what do you know? We've reached the end of this episode. Thank you so much for joining me today, for supporting the podcast, and for sharing your time with me. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing to the show on whatever podcast platform you love. You can also watch the video version of the interviews and most of the solo episodes on my YouTube channel. Link is in the episode description. Now, if you made it this far, you must love the content at least a little bit, or maybe you just like hanging out with me, or there was something in this particular episode that resonated with you. Or maybe it's all of those things. I would love to know. So if you've got a minute, it will be great if you can drop a review on Apple Podcasts or you can send me your thoughts on the show via email. Now, if you want content that goes deeper than even the podcast does with a lot of real life stories, one-on-one interactions, or just become part of my tribe, subscribe to my weekly newsletter. The link is in the episode description. Once again, thank you so, so much for sharing your time with me. Take care and I will be back soon with the next episode.